Welcome to Comfortable at Home. I'm your host, Diane Lowy, a home coach living in New York City who focuses on you and not your stuff. In 2015, I very quickly became friends with Brad and his girlfriend, Abby, because we're all runners. They've been incredibly supportive of my venture of starting New York at Home. And when they were struggling with their apartment in 2019, after living together for a couple of years, they reached out to see how I could help. Now with quarantine, they've been living in a large house in a few hours outside of the city and have used a lot of the things that they learned from working with me to their current situation. It's a really interesting conversation that's quite timely. I hope you enjoy it. I think without necessarily saying so, I think we we sort of applied a lot of the the thought process that you'd given us when we worked together when we arrived in Steventown. Um cuz you cuz we uh yeah, we watched this silly video um uh, on YouTube about uh there's this animator, CGP Gray, and he makes these like, you know, sort of explainer videos, but he was talking about how important it is in this time when you're isolating in your home to have like separate spaces in your home, right? And so- Or rather like designated spaces or cues for like specific activities that you wanna do. Even if it, you know, even if you've got a very constrained space, you, most people can manage. Sort of like make an area, right, yeah. for things. And and that aligns a lot with what you have, to, you told us about like, you know, making sure that the space is useful to you and like putting, organizing things so that they're like together when for the thing activities that you're doing right and so i think you know your influence definitely played a role right but abby had already sort of set up a lot of the house around that idea before this video even came out yeah. right so we you know so she, we it was good to like watch that and reaffirm and be like oh yeah this is we're, we're doing a lot of this stuff right but like so the that house has a big living room right and the big living room is really good if you have a bunch of people in the house and you're like all hanging out and you want to like sit by the fire or like you know uh play a board game right like that's what it's useful for but when it's just two of us right like we don't use it for that so we turned it into a gym it's got it's got all of the like weights and all of the like you know it's got like you know space for doing yoga right and like because it's just a big room and it's like well suited to that I mean, and, and I don't think that people who are necessarily listening to this, like I've been to that house and I know that it has like double height ceilings and it is, it is not a big room. It is an enormous room. And the idea that your priorities are such <laughs> that like, like your physical well-being is that important just makes me so happy. <laughs> but what was funny about like watching that YouTube video was that like, We'd, we'd been upstate for like three or four weeks at this point. And I had not, like I kept waiting for my anxiety to like hit the levels I felt like it should hit, like given what was going on in the world. And it just like wasn't happening. Like I felt really like good. I felt almost guilty about how good I felt because I was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm working out more and I'm like spending more time reading. And I even like wrote a thing that I wouldn't have written otherwise. And 
in so many ways, I was much more like productive for me. And I had more of a routine than I've ever had in my entire life. And it wasn't like a thing that I like sat down and scheduled. I let the like space make that happen for me. Cause like, I think a schedule is very like, I react poorly to a schedule. I feel like micromanaged by it. I, I feel, oh, someone's telling me what to do. As soon as I like make a schedule for myself, I'm concerned that uh, it's something I want to rebel against. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Well, too. <laughs> like, uh, but what I realized was I was unconsciously or consciously or however, the spaces in the house I'd like each become like very dedicated to particular things. And so just like naturally throughout the day, I found myself repeating the same really good patterns because of how the space was laid out <laughs> and because of how we were using it. I mean, we started by bringing up like one or two weights from the basement. Um, and I was doing these workout videos from the base, from the living room because they had, it had the best lighting and I was joining like these zoom workouts with friends and I wanted to be able to see them and have them see me. So it was the natural like stop, but then, over time, like I got more and more equipment up from the basement and I bought more and more equipment. <laughs> and like now half of that living room is a gym. The rest of it is still used for like relaxing and lounging. <laughs> and, the, and a lot of this gym equipment used to be in the basement, right? Yeah. And like you could use it down there, but, but it no just, it discourages it you, right? Like it's, it, it's another impediment to like doing the physical activity that you want to do yeah right. yeah because I remember when we were up there it was like the beginning of February or the end of January I think it was a birth like yeah it was like the end of yeah. January and um it was very cold but the idea of working out in the basement versus going for a run in like 15 degree winter was like I mean we obviously went running outside <laughs> yeah and the, the only piece of equipment that's still down in the basement that I use with any regularity is the elliptical and it's the biggest fight to use it and the only reason I've been using it is because I, I fell and injured my coccyx a little bit and it for a little bit it was the only kind of exercise I could do without hurting myself but like without that like I'd much rather work out in this big, beautiful, sunny, colorful room <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and just sort of the freedom of, like, thinking about space as it pertains to your life as it is right now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, uh, that's an interesting, like, that is an interesting concept to apply it to a huge house in the middle of the woods, especially after applying it to a one-bedroom apartment. Right. And it did create, I mean, it, it's very much the, you know, New York at home mentality of, uh, it is it is making sure that what we're doing is supporting, the way our space set is set up is supporting what we're currently doing. But it also was kind of aspirational. Like I, it mattered a lot to me to be, you know, physically active. I was no longer walking 10,000 steps a day in a city. So it's very easy to sit and not move at all yeah. up there, um, which is, was not making me feel good. Like I, I get really antsy and like anxious when I can't move. And so like knowing that I needed to make whatever zone I was using to work out as like welcoming and warm and like, you know, comfortable as possible. 
was really helpful in making sure that I actually did it. (laughs) So Brad, did you also like work on sort of setting up different zones of the house or sort of making adjustments for how you're A little bit. I think, I think my, uh, a lot of my, uh, initial efforts sort of were dictated by what happened with work. So, so we, we got very busy, uh, right after, you know, sort of end of March with, uh, the government lending program, the paycheck protection program. So I was working much longer hours than I typically do. And so, um, I set up a workstation so that I would have like, you know, the ability to work comfortably and be able to, to focus for long periods of time and like created a space that was like just for that. Um, uh, you know, the, on the one hand, the house has a lot of space, right? It's got a lot of rooms, but on the other hand, it's not our house, right? So we can't like, just like rearrange everything and like, you know, throw everything out that was there and like put our stuff in, right? We have to like, you know, the we want to be a little deliberate about the places that where we make changes um, because I don't want, you know, I don't want my mother to come up to the house and be like, why is, why is my house not my house anymore? Right. So, um, so yeah, so I, so I set up like a workstation and like that was sort of an accident, but like it turned out to be really good. Right. I have like a, a room that is my office and like, you know, I go there when I work and when I leave there, I'm not working anymore. And like that I think is, the really hard thing for a lot of if you're working from home right now then like having the separation of like I'm not working right now is is much harder and so once the like crisis of PPP ended um we took a break for I took a week off and then I uh sort of tried to create more like timing around when I was working and when I was on that the time is is the more important thing I think and having using the space to help delineate the time is helpful for sure yeah, it's so interesting because I think of you as being such an incredibly like organized and like you know disciplined person when it comes to sort of you know your own sort of like work and boundaries and such. That is interesting. It's, it's that a lot being easier, in the same place is harder. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you walk home from the office. Like when you leave the office and you're done for you know like it just makes it really easy to say I'm in my office now I'm working. Right. And so when that office was a 15 minute commute from my house, right. Like that created a a boundary. Right. And now it's a, now it's like on the other side of a door. So I have to be really careful to like acknowledge when I'm going to work and when I'm, I'm done with work. And that's a work in progress. That's something where we continue to refine where like, sometimes I want to work longer because like I'm an engineer and I like to, sometimes I like to really, work on a problem and like, that's okay. Right. But, um, you know, to communicate that just like I would, if I was at the office late, right. If I was like, Oh, I'm going to be at the office late. Like I still am being at the office late. I just have to say like, that that's what I'm doing, even though I'm just on the other side of a door. Right. Oh my God. This resonates with me so much. I (laughs) definitely do that. There are times where, um, I've been, I've been, you know, like less if she's at the hospital, she's just at the hospital. Um, but I definitely have been guilty of exactly that. <laughs> we were getting a little frustrated with each other, I think, because there's two bits of that before we like refined it a little better, which is that one, there's the, I don't know when like it's okay for me to like talk to Brad or like interact with him during the day. Or if I have a question, like while he's at work, like I don't, you know, we didn't have a good way of 
dealing with that. And so he felt often like interrupted when he was in the middle of flow or something. Um, and the flip side of it was also that Brad would occasionally like wander out of his cave and I would be working on something or focus on something and he would feel like he could just like totally like, you know, be like, oh, great. Like, you know, like I'm taking a break. So like now you're taking a break too. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, and and um, we've now decided to treat that office, that space that Brad goes into as though it is an office that he commutes to. Like, we joke around about it a little bit, but like he like leaves that office. It's like, oh, welcome home from work, honey. Like, <laughs> and when he's in that office, the only way I communicate with him if the doors are closed is like I will message him just like I would if he was in a different building. And so he then has the choice of either like responding or you know waiting until he's out of a meeting to like talk to me. But um, you know, and there's some flexibility on a day that's less crazier where he's more relaxed he'll leave the doors open and then I am allowed to interact with him <laughs> um, but if the doors are closed which they are most days uh you know it's he leaves for work in the morning and you like maybe you might rematerialize re around lunchtime but then he disappears again and he's not around during the day and the flip side is that he doesn't interact with like if he wants to talk to me about something during the day or take a break and and hang out he messages me and like asks, like, hey, what are you like, up to? Is right? this a good time? You know, like <laughs> we're in the same house. <laughs> yeah, but like that's so like that's so like wonderfully respectful of each other and what you guys are investing in professionally. It's a very. Um, I think that that's really. That I, I'm sure that when people are listening to this, this is this is going to resonate with them because when work and home have sort of collapsed into each other, finding ways to keep those spaces separate is a lot more deliberate and a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I've thought a little bit about how we would do this if we were still in the apartment. No. Um, no, I think, no, I. I you know, I don't want to make it sound impossible, right? I think it would be a lot more work. It would be harder, right? But I think we would have to like rethink the furnishings that we have, right? Because a lot of the furniture that we have is designed around places to sit, places for other people to sit, storage for the stuff that we use when we leave the house, right? And like, like one of the big things is we did, you know, we took some things with us, but we didn't take everything, right? Like, you know, the house is, the apartment's still full of stuff for like things that we aren't doing right now, right? And so- It's a very expensive storage unit. Well, it, it's where, you know, like, like I took some clothing to work in. I took some, uh, you know, stuff for running. Abby took like all of her athletic things. Yeah, all of my like, casual clothes. But I like haven't taken any, you know, I didn't take any of my like, uh, you know, formal wear. Cause like, what am I going to do with it, right? So like, uh, you know, we run the washer a lot and we like, I basically, all my clothes live in a drawer, like one drawer. And, you know, it's, that's all I need right now. Right. So like that sort of organizational idea of like, well, what am I actually using? Right. You know, it'll be interesting to sort of go back and look through the rest of the stuff and wonder like, you know, and like, okay, this is stuff I haven't used in a year because there's been a pandemic, but also, but so like, you know, if I, 
you know, if I didn't have all of this, which of it would I, would I go out and get once it becomes safe to go out and do things, right? Like that'll be an interesting exercise to go through. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, am I coming over for that? <laughs> I mean, it sounds, it sounds like your, mo- your moving truck trick, right? The, if you put everything in the moving truck, like, what would you just want to leave behind in the moving truck? Yeah, but it is so different. It's going to be really exciting to kind of see what happens when, I mean, things are not going to go back to normal, but things are going to continue evolving. And so when they evolve in such a way that we're, we're a little more balanced between home time and work time, like figuring out like what the right things to own are going to be is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like Brad, you and I work together and we also um, are part of a running club together. And then I became friends with your girlfriend, now fiance, Abby, uh, like through both of those things and then independently. And so um, do you want to talk? And, and that was like, way before I even started New York at Home. And do you want to talk a little bit about how like you guys sort of made the decision to, to work with me with like my professional hat on? Yeah. Um... I remember you, uh, I remember you helping us with, I remember you talk, we were talking a lot about the transition from, uh, I moved in with Brad to his, 450 square foot apartment uh, from a thousand foot square apartment (laughs) that I shared with a roommate. Uh, So it was less space and I was moving in with someone who had five years of accumulated stuff in his space. Right. Six, right? Like I've been, you you moved in 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 like what, August, 2016. And I've been there since June of 2010. So I've been in this well-established in this apartment. Right. And there was a lot of like challenges leading up to it. And I think at the time you and I had sat down and had like a couple of really good catch ups. And I had talked about the challenges of all of that and how like, you know, container store ended up being my savior because um, the closets were already outfitted with like alpha stuff. So I could just like totally rejigger them. And now over time, the closets has evolved and Brad has like a tiny like sliver of it. <laughs> the rest of it is mine. <laughs> but but at the time, you know, we, we rearranged everything and we got rid of a bunch of furniture and, but like navigating that, you know, talking to you, even at the time you were pointing out, like, that's like a different animal than like getting into apartment together. And it's a different animal than, you know, moving into a space at the exact same time. Uh, and it was definitely like a phased thing. Uh, so you told me like not too long after we discussed that, that you were starting to play around with uh, this sort of helping people make their space work uh, way of, of, of looking at the world. <laughs> uh, and I think, so, so it was, so we saw you doing this, right? And we were like, that's really cool. And like, it's like, you know, it's good that like, you know, someone's out there to help people who need that. But like, you know, we we're pretty good at this stuff. Like we 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 sort yeah. of know what we're doing, right? We felt like, oh, and, cool. like we figured this out. Like, you know, it would have been great if like Diane had already been doing this stuff before. Maybe it would have been less painful, but like, cool. Like we're in a good position now. We feel great about that. <laughs> but like that's, it was almost worse because like we did know a little bit. We did think about this stuff, right? But like, it's hard to, even if you 
know what you need to do, right? It's hard to sort of do it to make, you know, follow through on the, on, on what you know is, is required, right? So like, I think Abby in particular, you have a lot of sense of like what it is that the space needs to do for you and like, you know, what the things are, but that doesn't mean that we're like, we were able to like deliver on that for okay. ourselves. And so it got to a point where we were like, I forget what it was, but there was something where we were, we were struggling with, um, space and then and, and at the time you took a new job where you started traveling a lot more yeah I started I went from being home all week and Brad being the less available one who would take work trips you know every other month uh we went from that to me being gone four days of every single week and what and what I hadn't realized is that you put a lot of of sort of you know, regular energy into keeping things organized the way that you want it when you're around. And so when you stopped being around all the time, uh, you know, then things would, it not like, not necessarily in a way that bothered me, but like things would sort of get messier and then you would come home and it would be like, you couldn't, you could, you would spend your whole weekend, like putting the space back the way you wanted it. Yeah. It was tricky. I mean, even just not having like clear ideas of like where laundry goes when it's done because if I left a bunch of clothes in the laundry when I left Brad would like try to put them away from me or he wouldn't but like both scenarios meant that I'd come back to like not being able to find the things I needed or there being laundry that had been sitting around for a week that almost never happened Brad was like very on top of that stuff but (laughs) but but, but, you know but like I realized that we'd never had a conversation about like, where does, where do you want your like stuff to live? Like, how do you want your stuff to be folded? Right. Like I can see what the end result is, but it doesn't mean I know how to do it. Right. And so the, and there's not like a right way to do it. Right. Like it's, it's, what do you want? It's your stuff. How do you want it? Right. So, you know, we got to a point where it's like, Ooh, we need help like with this. We need to like, you know, rethink this. And, you know, and part of it is, scheduling time with a third party and having them come and look at your space and talk to you and like you know it forces you to do it right like you could just write down on the calendar that you're going to do all those things and like schedule that appointment with yourself but it's really hard to like stick to it right and like follow through with all the things you want to do and so having like a defined time frame where it was like you came in and you had some ideas and then you like you know, you talked with us through a plan and then we like spend a whole day like doing it, right? Like that, you know, having this, it's the same as like having a, a you know, a personal trainer, right? Like, you know, you, you work out more when you make an appointment with somebody and you're supposed to go do it, right? And so, you know, that like external accountability helped a lot, but also just like the third party perspective, right? Because I think each of us, yeah, you know, I don't think there's like either of us thinks that the other one like doesn't know how to organize things, right? It's that we each have different priorities, right? And so, you know, something that's really important to me, you know, like like so say I, you know, I really want uh, to have shoes and like be in one place, right? Like that's like a, maybe that's a thing I care about, right? Then like maybe you're like, yeah, you know, the shoes I don't care so much, but I really want to know that like my athletic gear is where I need it. Right? I mean, the big difference is that um, you, like if, when it comes to cleaning the apartment and having things like look tidy, that matters the most to you. Whereas I don't necessarily need it to look tiny, although I'm definitely more relaxed when my space is clean and organized. But if I put things away, then I won't like do the to-do list item that's associated with those things. Mm-hmm. 
so there's this like conflict of you know brad like putting away you know the mail in order to like make things look clean but then that would mean that i never opened the mail because it's put away and out of sight out of mind <laughs> um so yeah and and it's, it's also just hard in a tiny spot because like in a bigger space like you compromise a lot more with this kind of stuff right like we don't have an entry table that we can have all the mail live on right so yeah. like yeah so 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 yeah so having having you uh, you know, come in and, and spend the time with us, like get, allowed us to focus and also to like, you know, step back from our own like existing positions a little bit and say, okay, well, what's, what was really important to us together. Right. Uh, Cause a lot of the stuff before that was like stuff we had defaulted into. It's hard with like, I mean, it's, I can't, I mean, there's an ambulance, of course, because I'm talking, but that I can't emphasize enough how difficult it is. 450 square feet for two people is very small. Like, I don't remember exactly what the legal size of an apartment is supposed to be in order to be able to be rentable. I think it's like 325 or something like that. It's somewhere in that neighborhood. So just to give people a sense of scale, like that it is a one bedroom, but in that bedroom, there is, you know, a bed that you can get around on all sides and there's a built-in closet. And then you are able to, with sneaky smarts, be able to add sort of a wall-mounted dresser. And that's, that's everything in the room essentially. Yeah. No, and then the, the hydraulics on the bed, so you can lift the bed up and get storage underneath. That's, that's yes. huge. So um, key. <laughs> you know, I think you can do that more simply if you just get risers right but like the the lift up bed is really neat because then the whole space under the bed is accessible and not just the edges on the outside when we first started talking to you about apartment stuff this was one of the things you ended up helping us with i don't remember this this yeah this was long before we had you help with the whole apartment but that same room that's not very big that like today has a coffee table and a TV and like some like sneaky storage underneath the TV and sneaky storage underneath all the stools. Like that same room used to have a dining room table that like folded out to like be seating for eight people. It was very clever that table. It, <laughs> it got real small when it was all collapsed. Real small, maybe. <laughs> but but yes, it was. It you know all told that you could seat a lot of people, right. more people at it than you'd ever want to have. Right. together in that apartment yeah and I think in the early days of New York at home stuff that you were saying was really resonating with us on that level because this idea of like you know there's no actual need for us to have a dining room table in that space based on the way that we use that space we never eat at it we always ate at the coffee table which is also West Elm and like lifts up to be more uh, like dining yeah. height uh so it's perfect uh, but we never ate at that table. I think we unfolded it a grand total of one time to do like a dinner party with like one other couple. And we've since done similar things with like, you know, with up to six or eight people in that living room, you know, tight quarters, but still been able to make it work without the actual dining room table. And, uh, and I think someday I'll want to be able to do that. Right. Like, I think, you know, as I get older, like if we have, you know, if we have kids, right. Like that'll be you know, having more space to eat will be nice, but like that doesn't have to be this apartment, right? It's not this apartment. Yeah. So. But you were the one who helped us um, with getting rid of that table because it was a nice, the problem with it, it was it was a nice piece of furniture. Like it was this antique 
and it was really lovely, but it also needed some like tender love and care. And it felt too wrong to like, just put it on the curb. Um, I think it was mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it felt too wrong to put on the curb, but also we couldn't find anyone to take it. Even just like free, they wouldn't take it. Um, and I think you like magic a, a home for it out of midair. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and now it's loved and taken care of. Because a lot of the people that I work with, like every people want to like, it's actually a really awesome thing to be able to get a piece of furniture that's free or the cost of being able to pay someone to bring it over to your place, because then you get to like kind of play around with what that piece of furniture could do for you or not. And then you can invest in exactly the right piece for you. Um, But if you're going to it, like for a lot of people spending you know, the money on a really nice piece of furniture is before you know that that's actually the right thing for your space is because mm-hmm. it's also really hard to tell what measurements are going to actually look like in your space until it's actually like mm-hmm. there. So I, that, that's actually something that I use a lot of the time with people who are like, you know, feel like they need to like measure twice and cut once that if that's preventing you from doing anything with your space it can um it can be really freeing to get a free piece of furniture that you know has been in a good home before that can just sort of like be a be a stand-in for the really nice piece you're going to get eventually this episode of comfortable at home has been brought to you by the comfortable at home seminar by focusing on you and not your stuff we can help you address any problem you've had with your home, no matter how long, no matter what area, because it's not about your stuff, it's about you. Come to newyorkathome.com and click on the home coaching tab for more information. We hope you can join us. The class begins 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on September 1st. In the closet, uh, we've been trying to edit down the closet. And uh, on the one hand, you want to get rid of the things that you're not wearing as much. You know, like, oh, I haven't worn this in a year. Like, it's probably time to let it go. Um, On the other hand, like, we realized in this exercise that it's also important to, like, understand, like, the why of why we haven't worn it in a year. Um, and I was realizing, I got really frustrated with myself at like, you know, when you were helping me, Brad was in the other room focusing on his part of the apartment for that day. Um, I was feeling really frustrated by the fact that it felt like I needed to edit down all of these like t-shirts and like casual clothes that I really love, but never got to wear because of this, this consulting schedule that had me traveling four days a week. And when I was home, I usually wanted to like dress up, like it was either like night out clothing or it was work clothing or it was athletic wear. There was no place for like casual anything. (laughs) Um, It was especially painful because this job that I'd taken, um, I had been looking for my goal when I took it had been something that was a little bit more like tech space and a little bit more casual. And so I'd been so excited. I'm not even sure we talked about this at the time, but I realized recently that it's probably another part of what was so emotional about all this. The job that I wanted, but like didn't end up getting was like wearing like flannels and jeans every day. Like that's, I was like so excited for that to be my new work 
dress code. And then I ended up staying in my industry and I switched jobs, but it was sort of to like just as formal as it had ever been. Um, and it was fine, but I was getting really frustrated with work and it was consuming a massive part of my life. And then we're trying to like edit out and get rid of all of these casual clothes that like in my ideal life would be what I was wearing every day. <laughs> um, and we realized that at some point as we were going through it, I think I, I was sort of so upset that it just sort of came out of me. I was like, I don't want to get rid of uh, clothes to make more room for work. Work is already taking up too much room in my life. Um, and I refuse to like lose any more of my like life to work. And that includes these like casual clothes that I would prefer to be wearing more often. And that was a really helpful realization because just because I spend most of my time wearing work clothes doesn't mean I need a huge variety of them, especially when I'm like that unexcited about that particular wardrobe. And <laughs> when I'm not unexcited about like the job at the time. <laughs> so it was, then we like switched our efforts. We're like, Oh, we don't have to get rid of the things that you're not wearing very often. And in fact, how do we make it easier for to wear those casual things? Like at the time, all of my t-shirts had been sort of in this box of shame at the back of the closet. And so when you're, you're never going to wear them, right? right like, never gonna wear, gonna... Even on like the one casual day where right. I'm like lounging around the house or just like popping around the, the village, like I'm never going to dig those things out. Uh, so we did two things. We edited the word clothes, getting it down to like more of like, oh, these are like the handful of things I need. Um, you know, yeah, there's like, you know, three or four pairs of, of black socks, but like, I find I always only wear like the one or two of them that I like the best. So why do I have the other two, you know, like, um, we edited them down and left, you know, a handful of pieces that I could wear every day on repeat. Um, and, a and like one or two things that I actually felt really good and powerful and strong in. And that was it. We got rid of them and that left all of this room in the closet, in the hanging space. And so we hung up the t-shirts, which is like not a traditional closet move, but in the same way that not every living room needs a dining room table or, you know, not every dining room needs a dining room table, depending on how your house is laid out. Not every closet, um, you know, requires that the only thing would be hung up or the things that need to be hung up. Like the things that I wanted to access easily were the t-shirts. So that's what we put on hangers so cool so cool and it was such a like I mean it was very emotional for me too to sort of see you have that like epiphany and be part of that realization and you know to be able to take sort of the the frustration the taking the frustration away just involved giving you permission to not have so many work clothes right which is a little ridiculous but it was really reflective of sort of where I was feeling it like at that moment in time I did feel very trapped by my job and like a year year and a half later I was at the point where I had identified a lot of other ways in which work was infringing on my life in ways that I didn't love and also like found ways to mitigate that and like learned a lot about myself in order to like create space to like live a life that wasn't centered on that and I ended up leaving that job which was like, it, it was as freeing in some ways, maybe more, <laughs> maybe more than <laughs> getting rid of the work clothes. <laughs> mm. 
that I mean that was really that was like when I think about like examples of like really cool moments that happen when I was like working with with someone and that like an aha moment happened together that would have never happened if they had been working on their own like yeah. that's such a great example of something that like really I mean it may have happened when you were working on your own but I think that I I was I was pushing you to make yeah. some decisions about because the ratios were off of like how many clothes to how much storage space you had and so decisions needed to get made and that was just such an unexpected direction that I think really like changed your life you know for the year like eventually that was that started you on a new path yeah I think what you're saying about pushing is the exact same wording I was just thinking of which is that like if you have something to push against and like have resistance against like you can know like I I was noticing my resistance to like what you were pushing me to do and like noticing that is really important and like sometimes when you notice that resistance you can like figure out that it's due to like some things that need to like overcome or like be changed but sometimes like that resistance is really legitimate like um those like casual clothes those like t-shirts like represented like what I wanted my life to be and here I was in a room trying to figure out how to get rid of them <laughs> and that doesn't work right. <laughs> yeah it's really and and sort of that the clarity it's like in general like I tend to like a theme that's come up with people is like that I'm not really there to tell you to get rid of anything. Like yeah. I'm there to sort of help you work with within the confines of the space that you have. So like, you know, having outside storage that where the things in storage have a really clear purpose and just for when experience, but like, you know, because you guys have 450 square feet <laughs> that like making sure that the things that you're not needing to move stuff around in order to get to the things that you're using becomes more, more important and, than it is in Stevenstown where you have yeah. the whole house. The, the storage thing, um, you know, ended up being your prediction was, sir, you'll put a bunch of stuff in storage and then either you'll need it and you'll go get it or you won't need it. And you'll be like, well, why am I paying for the storage unit? And that's basically exactly what happened, right? There was a bunch of, outdoor stuff that we needed occasionally right and you know uh it it does make a lot of sense to keep a lot of that in steventown even when we weren't living there so we ended up moving a lot of it up to steventown because that's near the outdoors right um you know i think if we if we were not doing that i think keeping a storage unit for stuff like that would make a lot of sense because it's not just the cost of acquiring the equipment, it's the time and effort that goes into finding the right gear and finding the things that you want to do, even if you're only going to use it, you know, this is, this is a luxury choice, right? But if you're only going to use it twice a year, right? You know, if that's something that's, that's a priority and that's how you want to spend your money, then like having the storage unit to keep that stuff for when you need it is like a really good, is a good way to spend your money, right? It helps make you happy. Um, but now, you know, we, did we basically like figured all that stuff could come up to Steventown, right? Cause like we're not in the city most of the time anyway. So uh, we ended up moving, you know, getting rid of the things we weren't using and moving the rest of it up to Steventown and closing the storage in. So eventually it did work out the way you sort of expected it to. Uh, it just took, you know, it took a little while to get there. 
But then you were able to enjoy the space in your apartment in the interim. Right. right. And that was, you know, everything's always a work in progress. And I think that's the most important thing is to like recognize that like you'll always discover things about your space. It can't just be the one time that you're there to help us, right? Like Yeah, constantly. I mean it was there's so many like Dianisms that like influenced future edits in that apartment. Like we really did feel like we've been put through this like boot camp. And we now had like a whole much more tools at our exposure, uh, at our um, disposal than we had had before. Um, many more tools at our disposal than we yeah. had before. And uh, like there was the week where like a bunch of my friends were teasing me. They were telling me I was really type A because it had been I think a year or so. And since you like helped edit and so it was definitely kind of time to like edit again. And the approach I took was to like make this Google Doc where we like listed all of the activities that we do like on a daily basis, like from like, you know, like literally everything, like all the activities that we do on a daily basis, you know, brushing our teeth, like getting ready for work, like finding the right clothes. And then all the activities we do on a weekly basis and then a monthly and then like less often. And I like forced, Brad, like we like both sat down and kind of like worked out this list together. Um, and the tricky part was then like translating that into like what things we needed right. to like make those activities happen. Um, and that was like a lot trickier, but it helped a lot because it we like started with those daily things and made sure that like all the things that we needed to make our daily life smooth were super accessible. And in the process, if we encountered things that were on one of the lists for like, you know, weekly or monthly or even less often, those were things that just needed to be ripped out and like find a new home because like they were using up valuable space for like the daily stuff. Um, and it was a huge project and it was definitely not like an easy, it was hard to do iteratively. <laughs> um, Cause in the process of like making the space for all the daily stuff, you end up with a bunch of like stuff you don't use as often scattered everywhere. But if you can finish that project and get all the way to that thing, like anything that you use monthly or less often should be in like the least accessible parts of your apartment or a storage unit. Um, and that was huge. Yeah. So a good example for me is I, you know, I, uh, when I was a teenager, I learned how to ski and I really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, if I'm being honest, right, like it's not one of the primary outdoor activities that I engage in. Right. And I think now I probably go skiing once a year. Right. And so, and I usually don't do it near home because, uh, the skiing in New York, in the New York area is not great. Uh, and so it's not a priority. Like if I'm honest about my time and how I use it, my priority is sailing. My priority is running, right? Um, skiing is a thing I might do every once in a while because other people want to do it and I like hanging out with them, right? Um, so I like downsized a lot of the, you know, that was an easy edit, right? Like, cause a lot of that stuff you can rent and it's fine, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, I had, I was like, oh, I have these ski boots that are like my ski boots, right? But I'm like, you know, I've had these ski boots for 10 years and maybe they're not so great anymore, right? Like, you know, maybe it's fine to rent, like, you know, the ski boots have gotten better when you rent them, right? So like, uh, you know, that that realization of like, yeah, I don't need all this stuff, right? And skiing is a thing with a lot of gear and a lot takes up a lot of space, right? So like, that's sort of an obvious one, but like, you know, on that, like, in terms, if you think about things in terms of frequency, right? Like, you know, my honest thing is like, it's not something I do 
a bunch of times every season. I don't go out and get like, you know, a season pass and go to go to Vail every other weekend or anything like that. Right. I go once, I go once a year. And, and so I rent the gear that I need and, and uh, you know, for the most part, I, uh, then I have less stuff to lug halfway across the country. Right. Yeah. That, and that's really awesome. I mean, that's one of the things that's so nice about the fact that we've worked together so long ago is that, you have had a chance to be able to use these in such different things that are happening in your life. Like, like changing, you know, Abby changing your work situation and like you guys living in Stevenstown and, you know, more than you're living in Manhattan and sort of playing around with like, you've both been playing around with your space and your idea of space a lot since we worked together and like are totally a, like you have the tools to do it. It yes. sounds amazing. Uh, happy to help. Hope it helps. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it was really helpful. And, uh, you know, I think consciously or so, I think in many ways, subconsciously, so for success yeah. in this time, because it's, it's made it, you know, there are a lot of things that maybe we wouldn't have had the tools to, to do, uh, you know, to think about, right? And to go back to what we were saying in the very beginning when we, that video, the YouTube video we were telling you about, what we realized when we watched it, and again, I'd been trying to figure out why I wasn't struggling more to like deal with like our crazy world. And it's not to say that it's been like, oh, walk in the park and super easy. Um, and yeah, like having a large space makes things a lot easy. And like, yeah, not worrying about um, where my next paycheck is coming from makes it super easy. There's like a lot of privilege thrown in all of this, but there was also just the fact that like we had spaces that cued what we wanted to be doing with our time in like a really good way. And when we watched that video, it was like, oh, like things have been easy because I like can't walk through the, the biggest room in the house without seeing my workout gear and thinking like, oh, I get to work out, you know, and I can't walk through the kitchen without seeing all of the, like my favorite, but kind of healthy snack food all like laid out on the counter. Whereas the junk food is all yeah, hidden. Yeah, <laughs> I'm giving the Google method of snack display. <laughs> um, like, there's been like a lot of really like subtle things that resulted in like, you know, not like, yeah, not like accidentally falling into like really bad habits instead, like falling into really good habits left, right and sideways, not even trying to because that's what the space was geared for. <laughs> So, you know, I think having more space is good, but I think it, this, the space, it doesn't, hasn't changed the obligation to like, think about the stuff that we, we use and like be, you know, diligent about where we keep it all. And like, uh, you know, like, like we, I think we've, you know, sort of churned through some of the kitchen appliances, right? We're like, this thing doesn't work for us. Let's get something better. I'll get something different. Right. Um, you know, we, uh, the like my running stuff I've like got more running gear because I do more running now and so like but like we have to find places for it to live and be deliberate about it being like together because if it's not all together then like what do you do right it doesn't work for you so I think all the same principles apply maybe it's a little less stressful because if you have a thing that you're like not sure about you can go throw it in the basement and be like 
well, I haven't touched this in a year. I guess I don't need it, right? But you, know, you don't have to go find a storage unit to put it in, but it's the same idea, right? Like, you know, the, the problems don't change. They're just sort of, you know, the, you have slightly different techniques for how to deal with them. Yeah, I have a, a walk-in closet now, <laughs> and still, almost most of what's hanging in it is t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoy the conversation between Abby, Brad, and myself, and you've learned something along the way. Here are some key takeaways. Your space should reflect your priorities. If you're stuck at home during quarantine and exercise is a central feature of your life, it makes perfect sense to make part of the living room into a gym. Two, luxury of having a room just for work makes working from home much easier for the person working from home, but it's also important to communicate hours to the other members of your family just as you would when working from work. Three, getting furniture to a new loving home is wonderful. Getting secondhand furniture can be a stand-in to test a new layout before investing in a special piece. Four, get curious about your resistance. If you have a ratio problem, it might be about something deeper. Five, work with the limitations of your space. If you have a small space, the way you live will be different from how you live in a larger space. Six, a storage unit is a good solution for items you use infrequently if you have a smaller space. Seven, you're constantly learning about yourself and that should be reflected in your home. And eight, anything you use less than once a month should be less accessible than the items you use more frequently. This episode of Comfortable at Home has been brought to you by the Comfortable at Home Seminar. By focusing on you and not your stuff, we can help you address any problem you've had with your home, no matter how long, no matter what area, because it's not about your stuff, it's about you. Come to newyorkathome.com and click on the Home Coaching tab for more information. We hope you can join us. The class begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on September 1st.